What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. chair shot radio and normally myself patrick o'dowd would be joined by david ungar for your your weekly edition of hockey talk on chair shot radio part of the chair shot radio network part of the chairshot.com where we encourage you to always use your head thechairshot.com always use your head but earlier in the week dave messaged me and was like hey man I'm not going to be able to make it. I got this thing going on on Saturday and see, you want to see if you can get somebody else to, to maybe do hockey talk and selfish me was like, no, I actually kind (laughs) of don't want to do hockey talk because back during the holiday season, I had this idea and I still want to make this a thing that happens for the pot for, uh, for its own podcast. This idea that I called the five by five and I, and I stole five by five from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the character Faith always talked about how she was five by five. And I just think that phrase was very popular for a short period of time. And the idea is to do a show where we take a topic and we cover the five best and five worst of that topic. And so I put it out to the Bandwagon Nerds uh, chat. It was like, hey, anybody want to get together on a lovely Saturday and, and do CSR? And maybe do a five by five. And the guy who I have now podcasted more in the la- with in the last like three weeks than I ever spoke to the man in. I don't know that I ever interacted with you like face to face. No, 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 no. I've, uh, I've literally just nerds. been like the filler, and I, I'm so okay with it. I'm like, uh, right. I'm like that 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 clown that you get last minute for your child's birthday party it like does the job but yeah i mean uh, at least it definitely could have done better (laughs) you're not pulling that uncle buck clown where you show up drunk and i gotta like punch you out and send you away because you'd kick my ass if that was the case that voice of course that you hear is again uh aesop mitchell coming in to help me out and i loved so i loved your response when i was like hey who wants to do a csr and you were like sure what's csr and I had to right? explain to you what Chair Shot Radio was, and then and this concept of this idea. Uh, and then Dave comes in late when I when we talked about when we were going to record. He's like, "Well, I'll be home in time." And I'm like, "Nope, it's too late. The ship has sailed. We have moved on from <laughs> you, Mr. Ungar. We will see you on Sunday on Bandwagon Nerds." But you actually came up with the topic because the great thing about this idea, in my opinion, is that there are, like there's literally limitless topics to do a five best and five worst show. Uh, juxtaposing against each other. So why don't you share what you suggested and what we're going to run with today before we take our first commercial break? Yeah, speaking of limitless possibility, the streaming service 
service world, really. And the original uh, entities and, and properties that they have has just exploded within the last couple of years. So I figured that we extrapolate it and take it a little bit smaller to one of the top dogs uh, in the product. And HBO Max, or just HBO in general, they've had so many great series that even the bad ones have a lot to be looked at. You know, a lot of positives to the bad things. And especially in my bottom list, there's so much so much positive uh, that could have happened or things that could have been. So I, I said that suggested that we do the top five, there's the five by five of HBO original series. Right. And that's what we're going to do. And here's what I'm going to tell you about this, te- uh, this list from, uh, for me, that might be a little bit of tease. I, I realized how, how much I dated myself by by the series that made my list because i i am sure people are going to be like what are you talking about but i'm excited to talk about some of these because i went i went into the wayback machine with, with my list all right so I, i'm excited i to appreciate that and so, i did too to be, fa- uh, to be frank good so folks the last time i did this when i did this with ray cash we did holiday specials and we tried to do like we would do our five we would do the five of each um, section at the same time. So we would do our five best and then our five worst, number five best and our number five worst and our number four best. And our, that didn't work. It, it was clunky and dumb and it was a failure. And so I'm actually going to hand it over again to Aesop. You're the guest. So I'm going to let you choose which list we cover first after the first commercial break. Are we going to do our five worst or our five best? To, to oh, we're the getting show. the bad out of the way. We need All to right. leave everyone on a high note. All right, with a cleansed palate, if you will. So that's what we're going to do when we come back. Our five worst HBO original series. You are listening to Chairshot Radio 5x5 here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back, everyone. I... When this show hopefully becomes an actual show, I'm, I'm hoping to have some better like sounds and segues and, and wonderful music. But I frankly suck at this part of it, like <laughs> editing. You do a fantastic job. Oh, I, I feel like I'm a solid host, but like my soundboard is like clips from everything that other people have made for me. I've made like three sound bites. Like when we did the uh, when we did the Marvel versus DC decathlon, I made the intro music to that. That was. That was my thing. You would have loved that, by the way. If you didn't listen to those episodes, you should go back and check them out because they were. Uh, I would. That would. That sounds right up my alley. Shameless bandwagon nerds plug. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna cover our five worst HBO original series uh, in this segment. We're gonna follow the bandwagon nerds rules. So if one of us names a show that's higher up on our worst list, we'll one of us will raise our hand and stop the other, and we'll move on to to that next person's. 
uh, and we're going to go through in our five and hopefully this will this will be a little bit quick the worst i found is a little bit faster than the best because we tend to love to to speak effusively about the shows we love versus the shows we don't love and so i'm looking forward to this I, i'm going to share a little bit of controversy when we get come full full circle on this uh, and i look forward to, to to the slapbacks to the people who don't follow me on twitter but you're the guest so Aesop, I'm gonna let you go first and give us your number five worst HBO original series. Sure, uh, and uh, before we even get into it, I have a feeling that our worsts, we're not gonna have too many matching up. Our I five best, not. that one's probably going to have a couple of repeats, right? <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm hoping, based on what I know about you and my limited sample size, that there's gonna be some some connecti- connective tissue there, so. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm excited. So my my five uh, my fifth worst I should say is camping. I don't know if you've ever heard of this show. If you ever got a chance to watch it, camping was uh, the follow up to Lena Dunham's critically acclaimed show Girls, mm-hmm. which I, I did end up watching. I did enjoy it. And uh, what you had with camping is it takes Jennifer Garner, who plays a control freak, and takes a group of her friends and family into the woods for a camping excursion for her husband's 45th birthday. Now, a lot of the tension that goes on and is brought up by her OCD should lead up to a bunch of laughable moments, but it ends up just having myself hate Jennifer Garner throughout the entire (laughs) time. And it's awful. As you'll see with my list going forward, many of these shows actually have massive potential with a great premise that just gets left at the door rather than being fully realized. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I've never seen that show. I, I I think I vaguely remember hearing about it. So that gives you all the clues you need as to how successful that program was on HBO. And I'm assuming it didn't even last an entire season. Maybe 2018. That's all you got with it. So it wasn't going to get any more. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Well, my number five is uh, in treatment, which is nothing. I'm, I'm sorry. It's Gabriel Byrne as a therapist, and you watch Gabriel Byrne have therapy sessions with people, and yep, it's the most boring thing I can imagine. Dull. It's just. It was dull. It was. And I remember when it was advertised heavily, and I love Gabriel Byrne. Like, that's the thing. Is I love him as an actor. I was like, oh, this, this could be really interesting. Like, what's going to happen? And it was it was boring. Nobody nobody just won. It, like, literally was just watching people in therapy for an hour. And, and yeah, and you didn't even get, it. like, something similar to, like, uh, like Dr. Katz, right? right. I mean, you could have done so much more with that, that idea. And if I had a top 10, or I should say bottom 10, probably was going to reach that fair enough so in treatment don't watch it all right this one i'm willing to bet is is mildly controversial because this show was huge and had tons of tons of seasons um was oh you're probably uh, thinking what was on when i was in high school so back in the in the 90s into the 2000s and it was late night hbo taxi cab confessions Oh, wow. No, that's not where I thought you were going. Wow. Again, people in cabs just talking about, like, you know, cab drivers sitting along. 
listening to, listening and encouraging people to talk about the most batshit crazy stuff that that was going on in their lives and here's the thing is the premise itself like it, it's reality tv right like it's supposed to be like the realist of reality tv but i can only listen to so many heroin addicts or meth heads <laughs> talk about being addicted to meth and heroin or two people fucking in the back of a cab which okay my biggest memory from that show honestly is there's a saturday night live sketch where they make fun of the show and it's like <coughs> excuse me sorry that was very unprofessional no cough button here at the chair shot um but tim meadows as a cabbie looking into the hard camp being like now that's a taxi cab confession and then they would drive. It was so bad. And I just, I, it was on all the time on HBO in the late nineties, early that you couldn't escape it. Yeah. And it was just terrible, but people watched it. It's like Jerry Springer shit. Like people watched it and ate it up. It's terrible. I, I didn't even think of that show to be honest. And even when I, as I was doing my research of kind of like running through the potential list, I, I, it never even crossed my mind. And I do remember uh, that being on all the goddamn time on HBO. All the goddamn I, time. And I, I didn't, like, personally have HBO. I, I, the only time I was ever able to watch it was when uh, I was over by my grandmother. So especially, I should say, when, when I was younger, right? And right. so trying to, like, sneak on HBO, like, oh, let's see what I could watch back then. Oh, there's so many good shows. And it was like, fuck, Taxi Cab Confessions? This is what I have for, like, the next... Because they didn't even run it for an hour, right? No, This right? was something that ran for three, four hours, and it took up, like, majority of your watch time. No, no, yeah, it was awful, awful stuff. Excellent. Yeah, oh, my God, great choice. Thank I, you. I'm surprised it's even that low for you. Well, I, again, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> All right, well, my number four, I have uh, Funnier Die Presents. And okay. the big problem with Funnier Die Presents is the simple fact that the website did it better. Yeah. And, and especially in the era that it came out in, which was, you know, 2010, 2011, it, on all accounts, the website was just the superior product. And I think that's because there's just far less pressure in creating one skit that has no real time limit than trying to fit three or four and a half hour programming. The show itself didn't make you want to go out and buy HBO. And you know maybe it, it would be better now in HBO Max, but like I said, in 2011, you know, 2010, 2011, when this show was running, it wasn't going to make you want to pay premium prices for the the subscription service or that's not, not subscription but the the premium service right, right, right. it had its moments but it was never going to be a long-standing show right yeah absolutely um very it was one of those shows you get hyped about and then you're like just thoroughly disappointed when it happens yeah yeah was, and like it, i said it, it had like it was always potential. good for one skit yeah you talk you talk about potential potential was there it just the execution was was not so i can't i can't argue with that one we are off to a great start this is the worst of the worst people this is some bad stuff that we're talking about here so you're number three we are already halfway through the five worst uh 
I, I'm going these next two, especially might get me in some hot water. Um, but my, my number three is true blood. Ah, oh, damn it. Damn it. O'Dowd. <laughs> well, I can't wait to rag on that show. So go ahead <laughs> with your number three. My number three was the Thomas Jane led vehicle with Anne Hache called hung. High All right. school, high school gym teacher who I don't remember if he gets fired or if he just isn't making enough money. I think he says that he's just not making enough money. And so he has a big dick and becomes a prostitute. <laughs> and the problem with this, and Anne Hache plays his ex-wife. The problem with this show was it was trying to be a dramedy, but it kept going too far to drama or too far to comedy. And the mix never worked. And it was just, I remember, I remember being like, oh, this could be a fun concept. And I remember watching the show and it, we're going to talk about this when we get to True Blood. I stuck with that show way too long. Like I kept watching it. Yes. Like, why? It's, I got to the point where it's like, why am I still watching this show? Like, why am I still watching the show? And that was, that was me for Hung. Um, he was a middle school teacher, wasn't he? Right. Like Not even was, a high school. Like, yeah, but like there could have been something there with that. Right. And, you know, at, at first it was like all the ineptitude. Like, I mean, and they do some of the jokes you would expect. Like he goes through a period where he can't get an erection. Um, his pimp is like this mousy <laughs> woman who is like, she just wants the giant dick. To, like, it's all about him having a giant cock. Uh, and it really was a one joke dramedy that didn't know what it wanted to do. And so that was my number three. Yeah. It never had a mix of a good mix of comedy and, and drama. Right. right. So it even calling it a dramedy is it's what it wanted to be. It just nice. wasn't what it was. It, <laughs> it, it, it's what it wanted to be. It was not what it was. Okay. You ready for some controversy on my number uh -oh. two? My number two is game of Thrones. Wow. And uh, now, I will, uh, I'll give you credit before you get going. Game of Thrones just doesn't do it for me. It didn't make my bottom, but it sure as hell wasn't going to make my top. If there's ever a show that, that jumps the shark in a hard way, it's Game of Thrones. And it's so funny because it was so, so closely tied to its source material. So I, I've read the books up to this point, George R.R. R. Martin is never finishing that series, by the way. Like, it's never going to get done. He's going to die, and some relative nope. of his is going to have to finish it with his notes, like like the Dune saga. Anyway, for three seasons, that show is phenomenal and is almost note for note the book. And much like the books, because the books are not as good once you get past the Red Wedding as well. The Red Wedding was like this moment that was just so huge that it that it killed it and the show after that becomes a plotting nonsensical mess and this is like i'm catching so much shit from the nerds over my feelings about book of boba fett right now because yeah. because i think I, I i storytelling is important to me a, a cohesive narrative is important to me and and really if you want to get down to the the nuts and bolts of why Game of Thrones is on this list of my five worst. It's because the storytelling falls apart. The narrative falls apart. A lot of what they built in the first three seasons that's phenomenal falls apart. And it didn't matter. The show is a mega hit to the point where we're, we're going to get a, a series about the Targaryens. Like, it's, it's not going away. But 
it's like wrestling. Bad bad storytelling is bad storytelling. It's like any anything. Bad storytelling. I just can't make an excuse for it. And the and Game of Thrones, by the time you get to the end, there's just no excuse for the for the storytelling. And most people hate the ending. Like the, uh, it, the, the resolution it falls itself. off entirely after season five and right. you're you really don't need to watch anything more after that one let alone the god awful season eight right which was it's, a rush job that's the other problem is it was a rush job yes instead of doing it right they just tried to get it done and it showed well and it's a rush job on both parts because right. george rr R. martin got rushed into writing you know the next book uh, of sorts and like you said it becomes a slog to to try to get through to trudge through right. the the nonsensical story arc that is happening but i i, I again I, I do not get my disdain for game of thrones for someone that loves fantasy movies that is a major uh, Lord of the Rings guy, both of us yeah. should really be Game of Thrones fans. And I guess we're too smart for that. I, yeah, <laughs> right? I, I'm sure I'm sure once this gets dropped, I, actually, I can't even say that because the bandwagon guys, most of them are Game of Thrones guys. T uh, not Tony, probably Dave's it in terms of that. All right. So I think I'm going to be okay on that one. Dave, Dave Ungar, not, not present Dave. All right, you're number nice. two, man. My number two is Entourage. Talk about a about show it. that went about too it. long. Yeah. First season is amazing. It's such a great, uh, the character work is so good and you feel like there should be more. I loved Jeremy Piven's Ari Gold and the dynamic the rest of the cast initially had. And had it wrapped up after season one, maybe even season two, it would definitely be ranked differently, but they kept going and going without giving any real dimension to anyone uh, of the ever-increasing chads that starred in this show, right? Th this was a bro show through and through, and those things never really got off the ground. I'm surprised it lasted eight seasons and with a movie to boot. Right. I, I tried is because, you know, people liked it. It's, it's like The Office. Like, you want to talk about my other unpopular opinion. I've tried on The Office on multiple occasions and can't get into it. I can't get it. I don't get it. And Entourage was the same way. Like, I'm like, dude, I hate these people. Like, I hate all of them and want them to fail. Period. Yes. And, and I just couldn't get behind that show. So I watched, like, I watched an episode because I'll, I'll at least give anything a shot. And it missed its shot by a wide, wide margin. It's the same cyclical formula as well. Like, dude gets a movie. They think they're going to make it big. Dude flops out of the movie, and now they suck again. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, sir. Your worst. Number HBO one. Original series. Wasted potential at its core. Carnival. Yes. I... I loved the idea of this show, a traveling carnival troupe that's set in the Great Depression, and it has these, like, religious mythos tied in. It's so cool. And it had such a slow build. It just 
could not get off the ground and maybe it could have been saved with more follow up, you know, in yeah. follow up seasons, but the show's creator didn't even like it. So he decided <laughs> to pull the bl- plug before anything could really truly work itself out. It's probably HBO's biggest what if shows that will never get any resolution to. Yeah, I I there's so many shows like that. Where where you see this premise and you get excited and then and then you feel like there's something there like even like I, I think the reason I didn't put it on my list is because I felt like there was something there it just it just wasn't getting there and, and when and you want you like so at least I, I like I saw the potential and I saw the good in what they were doing it was it's like you said it was just so so slow and meandering it took forever to get to get anywhere and at the end it just did so. I mean, that's that's literally my entire list outside of maybe Entourage. But right. the, the rest of the four are all what ifs or like potential. The potential is there, yet you don't capitalize on it. And HBO, for the most part, is this is a very difficult list of trying to find yeah, it's bad. Yeah, right? It's kind of nitpicky. Yeah. So, well, let's get to my number one and what was a shock to everyone that we got to skip because it was your number three. True Blood. Yeah. I watched every season of True Blood. Because my wife watched every season of True Blood. And you talk about potential. Again, at first the show was campy and fun. And then it was just stupid. (laughs) Just, just so stupid. And... My wife and I have this joke where sometimes we start shows and it's not even really a joke. It's just the same. We're seeing it through. And at one point I remember looking at my wife and being like, what are we doing here? And she's like, we're seeing it through. <laughs> I can't like it was it was so it was such a guilty pleasure show. Right. Like tits and ass and vampires and werewolves and fairies and God knows what else. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. The camp was too much. And the the terrible Louisiana accents were too much. Yes. And oh, my everything God. Everything about the show was just too much. It was awful. And I remember upon reflection, like, I was like, maybe I was like, I remember one. When, again, you get HBO Max, right? And you're like, maybe I was too hard on this. Nope. Nope. Like and that's minutes, another I'm one like, that oh, has I like remember, a click. weird following still. Oh yeah, right. Well, it's because of the books, right? Like the books that that are based on but those. Even the books are, really are not good. No, no, they're not at all. It's 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 a trashy romance novel. Is, is you know what it is like with vampires and yeah. and exploding blood people. So, and, and you know what? You literally have said everything that I wrote down as well. Uh, the idea of the, you know vampires being considered a different uh, you know race, living in the right. normal world and the lives it's that an they idea. have. Is great, yeah. Right. But but like you said, they ramp up the violence, they ramp up the graphic sex scenes, and they ramp up the ridiculously over the top accents. Just got campier and campier, and eventually just lost my interest. I I think I still have to watch the final two seasons that I don't, no, don't. know if I ever get back to. No, you don't. You you really don't. You don't. And ugh, ugh, 
just even thinking about it, like just disgusting. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way because what we're going to do now is we're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our five best HBO original series. Um, I am hoping there's some variety there. Before we get to our recorded commercial, though, I do have to remind you that if you like the content that we put out here on the ChairShot Radio Network, then head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot and invest in a ChairShot.com shirt. We have all kinds of great designs out there for you. Everything from ChairShot logos to various shows for programs to even some of our best sayings from various shows. Though I personally like Baron Corbin sucks because he does and it's true. There are other options out there as well. Hashtag safe tag team wrestling. Everybody hates Greg, etc., etc. Shirts are only $19.99, but if you want to feel fancy, get something that feels good on your giblets, spend a few dollars more and get it soft style again. We love giving you content every single day of the week here on the ChairShot Radio Network. And the best way to help us keep bringing you quality content is to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot and invest in a ChairShot shirt. When we come back, our five best HBO original series, you are listening to the 5x5 on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on TheChairShot.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. I am joined here by Aesop Mitchell, and we are running down a 5x5 of HBO original series. In the previous segment, we did our five worst we are now going to go, and as you do in, say, basketball practice or any other thing, you finish on a positive note, finish on a made shot. We're going to finish with our five best. We're going to flip the order. Aesop kicked it off with his five worst. That means he'll, his number one will be the last one that we talk about this time around. We're going to go with my number five. And you ready for some more controversy? Uh-oh. My number five is Game of Thrones. That's <laughs> right. Both lists. Because the first three seasons of Game of Thrones are some of the best television you can watch. And honest to God, I almost wished the series had ended in tragedy. And one of my, when I'm, this is messed up, and I'm going to own that this is messed up. When I'm feeling down and just need a good laugh, I go to YouTube and I watch cobbled together fan reactions to the Red Wedding. Of people <laughs> reacting to that scene and then freaking the fuck out, especially if they're because every one of those people with a camera are people who read the books and knew what was coming, and the yep. person that they are filming has no idea. And when it go and, and and you just see like people crumple into balls or you know just it just it rips your guts out so good, and then it fell off the cliff so hard. But those three seasons put it at my number five as five best because those are watchable, eminently watchable. That's funny. I was discussing this 
potential list with a, a coworker of mine at my comedy club. And he had said the exact same thing. Like, is it possible to, to put both of them in there? Because it, it, it just is, it just is that good to start off and then just completely collapses in on itself. Uh, fucking game of Thrones. Just being what it is, is infuriating. An it is an enigma. So, yeah, I'm very happy with that number five. And I'm glad to see that conversation came up. It means I wasn't off. It means I wasn't no. off when I was putting this list And I'm sure it, so. there's plenty of people that feel the exact same way that you do. I bet. Yeah, because I, I was all in. All right. My number five. Uh, I'm a comedy guy, like I said. So my num number five is Kids in the Hall. I love Kids in the Hall. It, the beloved Canadian sketch comedy series that just has you know, a little bit of Monty Python, a little bit of SCTV, a little bit, obviously, Saturday Night Live. But during the three years that it was on HBO and then, you know, a little bit more on CBS later on, it, they just offered some of the greatest character and sketch work that, with the crazy absurdity. It, it's just wild. And Kids in the Hall is so fun i've had the chance to meet some of these guys kevin mcdonald has come down to the comedy club got a chance to talk with them just so damn fun uh i i still think that these skits still uh hold up to this day definitely if you people haven't seen it you should so there's i love i have i have an amazon prime account like a good nerd you can watch episodes some episodes of kids in the hall on uh, Amazon Prime uh, as part of your subscription. Comedy Central used to air them, air episodes. Um, yeah. Late at night. Uh, my son is ten, and all all I have to do walking around there's there's a few things I could do. There's one there's I'm crushing your head, I'm crushing your head. Like he loves that. But one of his favorite sketches is the zombie sketch, where. <laughs> Dave Foley's dressed in drag, and I can't remember who who's the other one, but they're being chased by two zombies that are just going da 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 da. da. My son, the little O'Dowd, will run through the house being like, ha ah, ah. And if I chase him, he'll eventually take off a fake shoe, throw it at my head, and I have to fall down because that's what it takes to defeat it. My the little O'Dowd has my sense of humor, and you brought up Monty Python, but like he he like. The Eradicator, the just all over and over. The Eradicator so many, is so funny. The Eradicator, um, <laughs> is it's it's brilliant stuff. It was way ahead of its time. Lorne Michaels was behind that show. Excellent, excellent choice. Uh, and and uh, one I'm I'm sad that I, I left off. I actually, honest to God, forgot it was even on HBO. Yeah, uh, it's so. So good. And like you said, way ahead of its time. Could you imagine if you got some of that now or even 10 years ago, it, it probably would be, you know, a semi powerhouse in the, the sketch right. world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Terrific. All right. And uh, since we are on the same uh, or on that bandwagon, rather number, number four is curb your enthusiasm. Classic. Classic. I'm a comedy guy. Sure. But more distinctly, I'm an improv comedy guy and Larry David hooks me throughout each of the seasons that he produces for curb. Uh, some of the, some of the, the plot points that he goes might get a little bit weird, but 
the personality and various pettiness that he has throughout just have like a lot of value to it. And it's very weird because I do not like Seinfeld. I'm not a Seinfeld fan yet. This show has a lot of Seinfeld to it. And I enjoy every second of it. And I don't know whether it's because of Larry David doing the delivery and all, and the rest of the excellent uh, cast that he has, but I love Curb Your Enthusiasm, and and that's a, a show that I need to make like a second run through again, just to kind of start up. Yeah, no, that's an excellent, excellent choice. I too do dislike Seinfeld. I don't get. It's another one of those like I just, I don't get why it's entertaining. It's to one of those lover hates. Like people, people are like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, is it? Is it? Because I, I just, I get bored, and I kind of hate Kramer. But that's, that's <laughs> and Jason Alexander is is awful. Um, okay, so. My next, my next best is also a comedy. It's actually not on HBO Max uh, right now, and this is one of my problems with HBO Max is there is a ton of great HBO made produced programming that is not available on HBO Max either yet right. or maybe ever. Uh, for example, some of the best HBO sports documentaries that exist not available on HBO Max. They have a they have a documentary about the Brooklyn Dodgers called The Ghost of Flatbush. You can't find that thing anywhere, owned by HBO. And I want to watch it again because it's so good. But anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. In the 90s, young uh, middle school to high school Pat starting to, to, you know, think about the ladies. Thinking, you know, feeling a little different about the ladies. And there was this late night comedy on HBO that followed a guy by the name of Martin Tupper, who was a book editor. And this show was called Dream On. And he was recently divorced. It starred um, Wendy Malick, who you don't recognize the yes. name probably. Oh, you do recognize the name. Young Wendy Malick, gorgeous woman, scared me to death um, in her younger years. And she had that, I love good sarcasm, her voice and her delivery. And her, it was a very witty show. But it also... Would in like it, it told sex jokes using old television footage because the story <laughs> of his character was as a child his mom just popped him in front of a TV in the fifties and he watched black and white television all the time and so like when he's thinking about different things whether it's you know being rejected or things going well like it was always interspersed with like you know footage from old television shows and it's probably why I like the show Scrubs because Scrubs is very non sequitur in its jokes too just like throws stuff in it's very random that makes sense in the, in the scope of the plot. But then yeah. like, if you, you try to tell a joke, like if you try to tell a friend a joke from Scrubs, they don't get it. They're like, okay, that sounds <laughs> stupid. Because you have to watch the show to get it. It's the same thing with Dream On. Dream On went on, it, it debuted in 1990, lasted for six seasons, and was a really good, consistent show. And I would love to rewatch it, but it's hard to find and hard to come by. And I recommend Yeah, it. I've if never ever, even heard ever, of it. Yeah, if it shows up on HBO Max, I, I would recommend giving it a watch. And there was a lot of sex, and I was a kid, and like naked ladies were awesome to look oh, at. Oh yeah! So yeah, so that was my number four. I'm willing to bet my number three might be higher. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the Sopranos. Not even nope. on your list, huh? It is not. Uh, and I'll be completely frank. That was also about the time that I didn't just wasn't able to watch HBO at the right. time. Um, 
you know, I, and I, I, that's something that I need to go back and watch. I, are, it is all up on HBO now, yes, right? There are, there are two programs on here that, in my opinion, if you've never watched, you should go and watch on HBO Max because they are appointment television. Um, or they were appointment television. The Sopranos, I've never, very few shows can go wire to wire and be strong all the way through and then end ambiguously in a good way. And in my opinion, The Sopranos ends ambiguously in a good way. I like that we're not 100% sure whether or not Tony dies. I think he does. Seems like he does. But there's enough doubt there that you don't know. And, you know, I any, any show where mob guys got problems too, sign me up. Well, that's why I like The Godfather. <laughs> the Godfather is just as much about family, like literal family, and like struggling with that as it is the descent of Michael Corleone. Sopranos is the same way. It's Tony struggling with life, man. He just happens to be a mob boss. Uh, to be honest, I did not even realize that The Sopranos was uh, an HBO show. For some reason, I had really? it like... Oh, no. I, again, this wasn't... Uh, I didn't have cable growing up. Yeah, so the only time I ever got it you was during the, streets, the weekend. Man. It was in the streets. Yeah, so I, I've been trying to like... Uh, the past decade trying to recoup all this lost media that I never got a chance to watch. You should definitely recoup um, this lost media. Yeah. And uh, I, I do love a good uh, gangster stuff. I, I don't know if you have it on here, but something like boardwalk empire is one of my favorite shows that, you know, that I really it, it, enjoy. It did not. It was a little too slow for my taste. Oh, and I figured as much. That's why I, I felt okay to mention it, yeah, especially no, if no. you had the Sopranos there, you know, uh, right. but um, yeah, I, I can definitely get into it. And uh, I also hear that they're trying to potentially reboot it again, which sounds... Well, they, they did a movie about young Tony Soprano. Yes. Uh, starring James Gandolfini's son, which, I mean, and he looks like his dad. So it's, you know, it's good casting. For sure. So. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if it's any good. I don't even remember how it was reviewed. I know it didn't last long in the theater, so... Not very well. Yeah, I think I it, uh, like a tomato score of like 40 something. Yeah. So it's not great, it's but not, not, it's not, it's not tragic, putrid. but it's not great. Yeah. But, but I had heard they were talking about, uh, redoing it, rebooting it with the, uh, the wife kind of taking over the family type deal, right. which, Falco, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number three, right. Is, um, is Deadwood. I don't know if that's where that ranks yeah. for you. So you, you want to talk about a show I need to go and watch? Deadwood is a show I need to go and watch. I, Absolutely. I've ne I know it's really good. I, I've never I've never seen it. There is some earthy goodness right here. Foul-mouthed and beautifully shot with a cast that nails each and every role they are expected to portray. Now, uh, in the original series, we never got any resolution to it, but HBO did everyone a major service uh, with the movie that they produced to put a button on the tail of that South Dakota town of Deadwood. Nice. Ian McShane is a yep. god to me. Timothy Oliphant has never matched his role and uh, any other media than he did on the series. And Powers Booth is just a dick throughout. <laughs> and Deadwood was a great contribution to the modern Western genre 
as any other form of media than you can think. No, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, it just never was one that, that I caught. So busted on that one. Excellent, excellent, excellent choice. And that brings it to your number two. I have a feeling this one's going to rank higher for you. Tell me if I'm wrong. The Wire. No, it is actually also my number two. Very good. Well, then so that works out nicely. nicely. There you go. Five beautifully done seasons where creator David Simon led me on a journey and war between the Baltimore law enforcement and the drug dealers that inhabited the city. It's great on the surface level, but then as you start to look more and more into the plot, you start to see a deeper story that just dissects everything in Baltimore the, the institutions and how it begins to fail everyone within the organization and the citizens that they protect. Each season has a new subject that you can understand and grieve towards that people today can still grasp, right? Right. It's an urban tragedy that has yet to even be remotely matched. It's so good. So I almost put the wire number one but I erred on the side of my absolute favorite HBO show of all time as my number one, so The Wire became number two. But there's no drama better uh, on, yes. on HBO, period. Like, I don't even know if there's a, dra a better drama out there at all. It was, it's harrowing. I love that word, by the way. It's, it's you get sucked so deep, and it is it's a character-driven show. Like you said, each season is unique unto its own. Um, the perspective, like you, you're not a lot of shows. You'll you'll get like your protagonist, like your main character, and that's who they follow. And the other characters you get maybe an episode dedicated to, or to get that better understanding. This show goes all in on its cast and its characters, and it really like when characters die in that show, you feel it, like you feel it in your bone. Or somebody made a good point. And put up a tweet of a picture. I can't remember the character's name. He doesn't die. But he's a kid that you kind of hope makes it. And by the end, he's addicted to drugs. He's addicted to like heroin or whatever. And, he, and he's one of those kids. You're like, oh man, I wanted him to... I, he was going to pull out of this. And he doesn't. Because the world is cruel. And Baltimore, Maryland is cruel. And there's a reason that a lot of people talk about Baltimore is as dangerous as any city in America because that and that's all from experience like the writer the creator yeah. of that show like that's based on his experiences and, and people he encountered so excellent excellent choice and I'm glad to see we were and some knew when to end it right right yeah that is such a key thing in so, so much media shows right they just they they want to get as much as humanly possible in, right? No. See, see Simon Thrones, comma game knew. up. <laughs> just gonna keep keep going right back to it. All right, so that brings us to because that was my number two as well. That brings us to my number one. I talked about being a child of the '90s, HBO late night, when Taxi Cab Confessions wasn't on, Friday night. I and he, I don't know if you can see the background. Yep. I spent my evenings with the Crypt Keeper watching Tales from the Crypt. So good. I'm a fan of the Twilight Zone. 
to this day as a kid and, and used to watch Twilight Zone reruns with my mom growing up. The Outer Limits. All of those. Tales from the Crypt was basically a delightfully gory horror comedy version of those shows, of the Twilight Zone. Every show had a twist. Every episode had a twist. You had your host, the Crypt Keeper, who came in with his bad death-related puns, talking about, you know, his scream, you know, I can't even do it, like his ice cream, and he would, like, he'd had his that distinctive laugh, and John Kassir with that voice was just amazing. show was so great, it now has a new run uh, on uh, Shudder, I think. Or at least they're trying. Yeah. I think it's on show. Yeah. Um, the last the last season was was uh, relocated to a different location. I think it was it was filmed in Canada because of budget and stuff like that before it ended. But they would have all kinds of like super famous. Arnold Schwarzenegger directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> the movie had the show had two spinoff movies, maybe three: uh, Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood. I own both of them. Uh, and are every bit in the spirit uh, of Tales from the Crypt. I love it. It's my number one show and is also not currently on HBO Max. I think there's some legal issues there, though. I, I If I, I remember is, correctly... for me. Yeah, it's, it's awful. And uh, Tales from the Crypt was a lot of fun. I do remember watching it. I remember, though, enjoying everything but the stories i just wanted to see the crypt keeper all the no, goddamn I lo- I time lo- i loved the stories like the whole thing yeah it just made my heart smile because it was it was always a twist and you could see the twist coming from miles away sometimes sometimes you couldn't totally fine <laughs> i will defend that show <laughs> until i'm dead with uh, the crypt you know what? and that is i, I saw your background obviously i didn't realize it was going to be at the very very top though which is Absolutely fantastic favorite. and i love that my number one is Last Week Tonight. Oh, yeah. This is a show that I tune into HBO every possible week. I have a personal man crush on John Oliver. His wit and charm bleed throughout this show. And I didn't even realize that it's been on for close to a damn decade, which is just wild to me. One thing that affects a show to me as well are whether or not I can see if the cast and crew truly love what they do. And it really seems like LWT just loves their job. Oh God. Every possible second. Did you you contribute to trying to find erotic mouse art? uh, I did not, but I did contribute and bought the, uh, the, um, oh my God. What the hell is his name? Former vice president, the the gay bunny book. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why I can't I think of his name? Oh my god, um, Mike Pence. Yeah, Mike Pence. Yes, I bought the the bunny book. I have read it to my child on a number of occasions. It was worth every freaking penny. the The show itself is funny. It's topical and it's informative, which is just so nice. Right. The only thing, the only reason I don't put it in my in my list is because. Sometimes I got to be in the right place to watch it. Like if I'm down on the world and because his, his long form topic is always going to be something very concerning. And so like yes. if I'm down, I, I I can't watch it all the time. Cause even when he's funny, I'm like, man, we suck. Like this country sucks <laughs> or whatever's going on sucks. 
But I'm really, I'm really excited. I hope he does an episode soon about NFTs. It's uh, gonna happen because that's it's a the biggest. It's the biggest ripoff in the planet, and people mm-hmm. are stupid for wasting their money on this. Uh, it's like crypto. Like I don't get crypto, he, and he um, already did Bitcoin as well. Right. I, I mean, that's just Bitcoin, something. So. And um, if you haven't, if you haven't checked out his uh, YouTube only ones, th- yeah. those are just small ones. I'll have to send it to you if you haven't seen it. There, he does one on birds that is still one of my favorite damn like write-ups ever. It's like three and a half minutes, and all he does is shit on each and every possible bird species that he can. That's, that's it's hilarious. so funny. I, I I can get behind that. That's that's outstanding. Yeah, I love John Oliver. I I love that show. Uh, it it. it it's it's appointment television. Like we talk about this all the time. When when something's appointment television, it, it's it's definitely worth the time and go and check out. So that's gonna do it, man. That is the HBO original series five by five. Uh, I feel good about our lists. I think we had great shows. I can't believe we only matched once. I thought we might match a sync up a couple times. A couple shows that I left off. Yeah. That, that were also honorable mentions. Uh, Oz, um, prison drama Oz. Mr. Show with Bob and David, uh, Bob awesome. and um, David Cross. And no, it's not because Christopher Platt thinks I look like Bob Oden. Oh, no, I, he thinks I sound like Bob Odenkirk. Kirk, um, is what it is. <laughs> um, those are a couple of shows that uh, are also quite good, worth watching. Uh, anything that anything else that we didn't mention that you want to get out there before, before I let you go? Barry. Barry is a fantastic show. I love watching that. Um, and I, I have it as an honorable mention. Though it's not even out yet. I literally was just watching uh, some YouTube videos today, and I got the ad twice for it, and I watched it the entire time. Our flag means death. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that show to become available on HBO Max. It looks so good. I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm in. Like, if you, like... Taika Waititi can do no wrong with me in terms of comedy. Like, you know, since Flight of the Concords, like, it's just been everything and that he does. especially, especially Flight of the Concords, if he is... Also, honorable uh, mission. If he's producing or directing or whatever, or writing, it's, it's game over. Yeah, it's it's so good. His show, by the way, if you haven't seen his spinoff television show of What We Do in the Shadows, all available on HBO Max. Love it. Yes. The Superb Owl Party Jackie Daytona, all kinds of great stuff. All right, that's going to do it for the 5 by 5 Hey, Sal, before we go, you were talking to me before we got on the show how you have all these projects, uh, Irons in the Fire. What are you up to on the Chairshot Radio Network, and where can people find you? Yeah, sure. Well, tomorrow I'm going to be on Bandwagon Nerds again, doing some some fun with that. That's a, always a great time for me. Uh, Which kids, reminder, weekly, though. that's yesterday, because this show drops on Tuesday. So yesterday he was on Bandwagon Nerds. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Kayfabe Tuesday. Uh, Today's Kayfabe Tuesday. Sounds good. No, I didn't realize no, that. I, My I bad. No, no worries. I didn't uh, tell you. So. Also, you can catch me every Tuesday. We upload Down the Wire, myself and my brother. Speaking of irreverent comedy, that's more or less what we do. We talk about sports. We get stupid. And uh, we just try to be as unprofessional as possible. And please check us out. Because we uh, just celebrated a year not too long ago. And uh, I think we have so many more things planned for the future. And I'm going to have to do so much more work uh, on that. Which awesome. is 
terrifying. Congratulations. <laughs> Welcome deeper and deeper into the podcasting rabbit hole. Um, all right. Uh, as for me, you can, of course, catch me every Tuesday here on Chairshot Radio. I am on every Wednesday with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales for the Greg DeMarco Show. And every Monday, Bandwagon Nerds, you have been listening to the Ott Project if you've been following Bandwagon Nerds. And I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to, even though this is recorded and yeah, by as we enter a time loop, I don't know, but we will know by the time that this show airs what the top 10 horror movies of the first decade of the 2000s were. Uh, I'm very excited to go over those lists. I still need to finish narrowing mine down. I've got quite a list to, to cut through and make some yeah, more decisions. Yeah, same, so, same. Good, good stuff. Um, but that's going to do it for this week's, uh, this Tuesday edition of Chair Shot Radio, the 5x5. Five five. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you get on HBO Max and find these series. They're all worth the time to watch. Again, this has been Chairshot Radio, the 5x5 on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.